Wheels, 9.07 p.m., June 18th. Entering the RSS feed of Got It Memorized, a Twin Peaks podcast with a Kingdom Hearts quote for a title. Shouldn't be too hard to remember. I'm sure the hosts have a fun show. That's what I need. Fun show, reasonably paced. My name is Joe, and this is Wheels. How are you, Wheels? I don't know if you were ever a Doctor Who watcher, no. <laughs> Joe, but I'm, fe- I'm feeling a bit like um, David Tennant's Doctor on his last episode where, like, the... The, the the reincarnation energy is like blasting out of his hands and there's a tear rolling out his eye and he says, I don't want to go. I, t- I can't. I'm not ready to leave the no, town. You're not ready to leave so. the peaks. I mean, we'll be back. We just got to go to fucking Scala at Kalem or Fuck. Shibuya for a while. You know, then, yeah. we'll, then we'll be back to the peaks. Both of them, and it, and and it's I, I've left I've left town before, and you know I always you find always, my way back. Always, so. all, all roads lead to Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to us. Regale me with tales of this log lady intro. Um, I don't know what the fuck it's talking about. <laughs> I'll read it. A drunken man walks in a way that is quite impossible for a sober man to Im- imitate, and vice versa. An evil man has a way, no matter th- how clever to the trained eye. His way will show itself. Am I being too secretive? No. Yes! One can never <laughs> one can never answer questions at the wrong moment. Life, like music, has a rhythm. This particular song will end with three sharp notes, like deathly drumbeats. All right, I know what that last line is referring to. But, like, the other stuff, evil man having a way, I guess that could refer to multiple people. I think I have an interpretation of it, but that would get into I I did spoilerization as, zone. I did as well, and I was like, "That's got to be a stretch." Like, I, <laughs> we could just cut it out, but I'm curious. So, if it's the this same, this does remind. Uh, oh, I yeah, I I think. Can't believe we were thinking of the same thing. Anyway, um. This is a complete non sequitur. Okay. But I did find it posted on the um it's on the Twin Peaks subreddit. I think it's actually like um pinned there or something. But uh it is Wow. A, it is a screen grab of it says the results of a Donahue audience poll from uh May 21st, 1990, who killed Laura Palmer. Okay. Um so this must be during season one if it's May 1990 or like maybe just after it aired or something. This finale a- aired May 23rd, 1990. Okay, so before the so even before the finale. Okay. Th- do you want to hear the do you want to hear the like the top 5? I absolutely do. Uh 31% of the people thought D- Dr. Jacoby did it. Is that that's 17% the, Was that number 1 then? Yep. Okay. Uh, Leo Johnson at 17%, mm-hmm. Jacques Renault at 11 Bobby Briggs at 11 uh, and then 8% of people think James Hurley did it. <laughs> um, the yes. other ones are Ugh. 6% of people think she's still alive, 4% of people think it was Catherine Martell, 4% Ben Horn, 3% Suicide, 3% Mr. Palmer, 1% Dale Cooper, 1% Josie Packard. Dale Cooper. <laughs> it was it, it was him all along. It was Dale, the good the good Coopers in the lodge. <laughs> uh, that's very funny. I, I I have to imagine those numbers would be different after this episode because this episode, mm-hmm. yeah, is yeah, certainly kind of puts a, a a nail in that. I think to some extent, uh, maybe there are still some true believers out there after this episode. But <laughs> we joked we joked about it with my little off the cuff intro thing about the Doctor Who. But this is the season finale. If we weren't already clear, yeah. And I, I don't know about you, but before we get into it, I like, there's a lot of things that I think of as being in season one that super aren't. Like, now that I've rewatched all of it for this. I, I, like, I was the opposite. There was stuff that I was surprised uh, I was seeing so early because I, I think, yeah. I mean, I guess both are side effects of, of binging it, but I've only watched right. it the once. But it, I guess it was a surprise to me that, like, we don't really get a return of the, like, the, there's not, a, there's not a, any spirit world shit in the finale. It's all murder mystery yeah well it, it this this finale the last evening written and directed by mark frost um which is why it feels like you're just tying up ends and and doing plot for and, an I, and hour. I think the seasons i think the season's probably better for it i think so too yeah it's very i mean i, th- I think it's a great episode 
Yeah, it's not a. It's not like a. I wouldn't say it's like a modern finale in the way that we think of them. Of like, well, it, it ends with a to be continued. They knew they were getting a season two. Right. Right. Maybe may, like the polar opposite, maybe of what season two's finale is, which is just a, a bewildering object, knowing full well there will never be. I mean, air quotes, knowing there will never be another season. But then there is more things in the the in in, in the peaks. Oops. Oops. I mean, they they certainly follow up that finale. Uh, but anyways, uh, I also thought there was so, there's a lot of scenes in this where I was like, is this the most soap opera I think it's been? And I like it. I'm having a great time watching it. You talking about like this first scene in Dr. Jacoby's office in the teen plot? There's that. Some of that. Some of that stuff feels very maybe it's. I want to say very frosty, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh-huh. I don't. I haven't seen anything he's done except for the stuff with uh, Twin Peaks, which is not you know 100 him. And I guess I've read the book, but like there's there's a lot of lines from Donna in that first scene where I'm like, I, mean, I could have figured that out. You just it's like she's just kind of like she just doesn't stop talking her thoughts, uh, uh-huh. which which is fun. Uh, I was thinking of particularly the Catherine and Pete stuff, and then oh, I love that bit. It's great. We'll get there. And then the the scene with Andy and uh, Lucy. Um, that that that's true. That is a very soap opera scene. But we'll get there when we get there. Let's but start they, with they this, have, Donna. Yeah, they have very intentional punchlines, though, in a way that I I like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yes, yes. Uh, it does begin. Does, this episode begins with a long sh- shot of just palm tree wallpaper while all the credits finish, and then it pans over. To, it's to great donna and james entering it's great because this show has so many iconic establishing shots of pacific northwest woodlands mm-hmm. to then have this finale open on a tropical Fake. island sunset is a choice but the and you also hear like beach sounds and seagulls and things and then as the camera pans as you mentioned you realize that it's wallpaper and then donna and james come in and eventually eventually we'll real well it'll be canon that the sounds that we're hearing are from uh like he just has like ocean sounds constantly playing in his house even when he's not there i guess because they've broken into dr jacoby's home while yes. they've lured him out chasing home and office i guess fake laura's i guess oh i guess that's i guess that's right yeah if you recall listener they are here because the last of laura's tapes to dr jacoby was missing when they found the stash of those and so they figure he must have it so they've broken in here they start looking around the first thing they find that they think is going to contain it actually contains a bunch of notable drink umbrellas that dr jacoby has kept like dated where it's like oh this is the martini i was drinking when i saw the moon landing on tv and then the other one was like first laid eyes on mimsy august 9th 1974 great just a nice just a nice Dr. Jacoby character bit there. I love how he feels like he is from a different show. Like he's obsessed with like tropical stuff. Like he doesn't. Why is he here? I mean, the book answers the questions. It's really funny that the show doesn't. I don't think the show does really, but I like that. Every time you learn anything about him or see him, I'm just like, why are you here? Nobody seems to like you. The same is true with the return. Like he, he, he's taken a turn since then in, in the fictional boy timeline, but boy, he's also he. com- completely inscrutable still do you think this is getting a little ahead obviously because i'm thinking about the return but do you think jacoby would be into like bitcoin oh for sure do you, the, there are a lot of um there are a lot of john mcafee vibes <laughs> i get from do you know do you know all the backstory of that that john mcafee has like a a squad of hitmen of like armed hitmen and he like roams he's like a drug lord in the caribbean now no something i don't know this yeah that's it's a uh, look look into what uh research john founder of, of uh antivirus company mcafee if you can check out what he's doing lately he's uh he's had a go of it yeah. for sure very shocked that it, I'm to learn that he's a libertarian with all this information. Yeah. yeah. Uh, basically, he's Dr. Jacoby is okay. what I'm saying, yeah. but fully unhinged. And real. The, uh, Donna and Donna and James eventually do find the tape. It is they, they they're able to find it because Donna remembers a line from one of the previous tapes where Laura mm-hmm. mentioned uh, his little the, the secret that she knew about his little coconut. And Donna sees not a, a euphemism, surprisingly. Coconut. 
thankfully, but Jesus we, but Christ. also, I mean, we'd already seen him open a coconut, so I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Donna hasn't, so he, he, she, and James open the coconut. They find they consider the coconut. They find the tape and the other half of the golden necklace, mm-hmm. and that's the end of the scene. Basically, yeah. That that that's the thing that like the soap opera ness of it that kind of makes me laugh. Where like she goes to reach for the necklace and it's like, oh my god, the necklace, and I'm like, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> Come on. Uh, but then they leave. And we also, the audience already knows he had it from like yes. episode three or whatever. It's fun. But uh, they, yeah, then they leave as they're driving away on the motorcycle. Bobby Briggs watches and is, like makes a, pretends to shoot a gun at him. And he, he's like, Bum. one of two times someone does that in this episode, pretends to fire a gun with their pointy fingers. Also, some people just shoot guns. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they don't pretend. There are real, there episode, are real guns in this episode, yeah. too. There are three sharp notes, mm-hmm. as the log lady says. True. I assume there are three gunshots. I can think of two. I assume that's what she means by three sharp notes in that intro. I just assume there's three at the end, but I I had already forgotten about the other the other time. Play along at home, listener. When you, yeah. you watch this episode, now I you can, can now, count. now I can think of three times though. Now that you've mentioned it, so we will get to those. We get, let's see, we get, uh, we cut to Dr. Jacoby, another wow. example of the show being really uh, smart in its kind of fluid transitions Economical. between characters. We cut right to Jacoby, and he's at the, instead of like going all the way to Sparkwood in 21, as he was instructed by the video of Madeline posing as Laura, mm-hmm. uh, he has gone to... The gazebo at the park. He's gone to a park because he recognized the gazebo in the video as gazebo yeah, as being uh, in that park. So he goes there instead and he says uh, and he says, OK, Laura, this is where you shot that video. Um, but uh, after he's, he says yeah, that to himself, Madeline is still there, um, still dressed as. Right. Am I thinking of, is this the right scene? Yeah, yeah. He sees Madeline. Yeah. She look he thinks that it's just Laura, so he is taken aback. Um and then oh, right, someone that, else shows up and beat, beats him up. Someone just in a mask, like in a ski mask. That's right. Do we we don't find out this episode who that was. No, we don't, and I wish the wiki told me so I could know, because I don't remember. I don't either. Great. Um, well, but he's we're all, up we're by all on the ride, everybody. Uh it's I don't think Tidy. Madeline kind of ends up leaving like they get separated before he gets gonked on the back of the head. Yeah. I don't think she Uh, ever sees him. Oh, that's true. He doesn't end up. I forget. He sees her, but he doesn't confront her. That's what I was forgetting. Yeah. I think she, I I think it's implied that she like kind of hears the sound of him having the shit beat out of him. But like then, uh, James and Donna show up and they all just kind of leave while Jacoby is beat up. And then he has a heart attack. That's right. Which is, I guess, stated plainly later but i guess it's implied by just a long shot just zooming into his eye it's a great shot too and there's a cool graphic match because mm-hmm. it turned the the center of the eye turns into spinning roulette wheel that's right and i feel like that would be a hard graphic match to do because the eye is not actually a circle but it's <laughs> but it still works they did it you know shout out to frost dedication we go to the roulette wheel because we're checking in on cooper aren't we if you recall, he's undercover. The Coops. At One Eye Jacks, trying to get some info out of this Jacques Renault character who's been running drugs connected with Leo. Because they're trying to get to Leo. All over he's the place. His, his name's been said like a hundred times, and now he's like on the screen and we gotta deal with him. That's right. Uh, he is the dealer uh, at this blackjack table. Cooper counts cards, yep. so he, he knows that like he's he's got like nineteen showing, and he and he asks or like eighteen showing, and he asks for another hit, but it ends up being what he needs. It gets him exactly to twenty one because he had like a two in the pocket or whatever. I don't know the verbiage of blackjack, but I don't know shit. Uh, but he needed it because you know Jacques had two kings, so he needed that twenty one. Cooper slides the which you'd think you wouldn't be so cavalier with there's a lot of things cooper does case evidence but (laughs) there's a lot of things cooper cooper does in here that's like okay 
Not a thing you should do in general, but he's already doing across the border, bookhouse boy shit, breaking the rules. But then there's also so many things that should not work were Jacques not an idiot. And one of those things is what I was what I was mentioning, which is that he just hands the poker chip that was evidence that like the bird ate some of. He just slides that over to Jacques like, here's a tip, buddy. Uh, You want to get a drink after? You know, he says, shift. He, he, <laughs> he, he says, I'm a friend of Leo. And Jacques like, yeah. who is Leo? And Cooper's like, how about we get a drink? Let's I'll buy you a cocktail. A little, little bit later, they do. There's very little Audrey in this episode, but it is important to talk about the Audrey that there is. Oh, and this is a good example. This is a good time to say this episode has some content warnings i guess yeah. i guess it's it's not till season two it's, it's more in, so in what this is subplot where it the, yeah, the, the, the scenes the, that this is setting up for in the next season so there yeah so there's like set up for some sexual assault and incest stuff mm-hmm. uh that's about to happen and then later also we have an episode of an attempt a scene of an attempted suicide so just know that mm-hmm. going in uh i think that's all there's also like I guess that's that's it. Those are the things that I think are probably like like need to be called out as opposed to like the rest of the show being about. The other thing I was thinking of was was Jacques conversation with Cooper later. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's just horny. (laughs) Yeah, it's yeah, it's just it's just I think I think it rings that bell in your head because, you know, she died. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, that scene is strange. It is very odd. We are still at One Eye Jacks, though, even though, uh, because if you recall, that is where Audrey mm-hmm. in the rogue teen plot has brought herself. She's gone rogue, you know, and she is herself trying to go undercover at One Eye Jacks. But instead of going over undercover as a high roller like Cooper is, she's gone undercover by getting a job with the what do they call them? I forget what they call them, but, you know, the the. Sex workers. Yeah, I don't the, remember the at one entertainment. Maybe entertainment. I don't remember. Yeah, that sounds right, but I could be wrong. Uh, but yes, yeah, she is. She is now changed into like lingerie. Uh, and Black Rose. By the end of this scene, she says like, um, the owner's coming by. Uh, and he likes to spend time with the the new girls. So instantly, you know what's going to happen by the end of this. Um, because don't we, like it. Don't don't like it. I don't remember. I don't think anything actually happens in season two. It's just like uncomfortable that the tension exists at all, which is the point. Uh, it's is it too close still that like too far? It's I don't I mean, remember that. How, how we'll the get there. We'll get there in a fucking year and a half when we get to season two. But yeah. it's 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 not pretty. OK, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember the details of it, but I believe you. Uh, the other thing that matters, though, is Audrey. It, well, Black Rose just has like monitors in here of cameras uh, of the the whole place, and Audrey recognizes Cooper on one of them, and that uh, takes her aback. She, having no idea that he would be working undercover, she just thinks he's frequenting this place, and I guess not as good as she thought he was. Yeah. Oh, is that the interpretation? That's you take that's from I it? got from it. Yeah, interesting. I don't. I guess I didn't read as much into her. I I guess I didn't see a, like a disappointed reaction shot. She's just, just kind of shocked, and then it goes past it really quickly. But I guess that that's where my brain went. I could be. I thought wrong. of it more as just like, uh, huh? he's here. What? What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> confusion. Um, but yeah, because then immediately they start talking. Uh, she starts talking about um the owner coming by, and um I don't know. She picks a card out of a deck. Uh, Black Rose's luck sword. Um, I got nothing else to do there i don't know if the card matters well, it's funny because she has her pick a card to i guess like theme her outfit after and she picks the queen of diamonds and like bruh are you telling me no one has done this yet At your, like if all the girls have to pick a card like queens should be gone like that like you think what if you just get to pick them why is there still a queen left i don't know maybe maybe someone picked it before but they left and now it's back in the deck who could say? Great time. Maybe just great timing. Uh, yeah, that's true. Who knows? Uh, who who anyway, could say? I'm sure there is no further information on this. We go back uh, to the other part of the casino, though, to the casino half of the casino uh, with Jacques and Cooper. Um, and this is where they're getting their drink and having their little private conversation. Cooper is trying to convince Jacques that he, Cooper, is the the money funding this drug running operation. He, he's the mm-hmm. bank that's that's fun. That's getting Leo the supplies he needs or what have you. 
Uh, and he's able to convince Jacques that this is the case by entice, and he kind of entices him like, yeah, we can cut the middleman out of the deal and it can just be you and me working on it because his game is to lure Leo. Because if you recall, One-Eyed Jax is up here in the Canadian wilds. Mm-hmm. So his plan is essentially to lure Jacques back over the border, smuggling something so that they can catch him. It's a sting, right? So yeah. he's like going to pay him half up front, half when he gets there, and then they're going to... which. Seems like entrapment, I guess. It is. But whatever. But I guess, yeah, I guess you're supposed to be, you're supposed to know that Jacques did bad things and Cooper's stopping him, whatever. I think Cooper's really good in this scene. And by the, I guess Kyle McLaughlin, but also, uh, I just think hit, the performance is good. Have him like pretending to be a bad, uh, a quote unquote bad guy. Um, in, oh, in yeah. He eyes. kind of like plays it like a Bond villain yeah. almost. Yeah. One of the more one of the more reserved Bond villains. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he he makes it clear that he knows about like he he mimics Waldo saying Laura's name and that like sets something off. Uh, yeah, and then there's the the conversa- conversation that we kind of alluded to earlier, where Cooper like it, it tries to- presses for details about yeah. the the night in the cabin with Leo, Jacques, Ronette, and Laura, where. They know they had all been bef- like right, right before they left to go to the murder scene, which was the abandoned train car. And so they're just asking. He's just asking Jacques about that night. And Jacques is given all the saucy details. We, mm-hmm. we if you really want to look at the script, you can learn the origin of the of the broken poker chip in this very, very lurid description. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I what a like. I don't know. I can't think of the right word to describe this performance for Jacques. He's very sleazy. He's yeah, like pretty. He's like a. He he's kind of compelling. The, like the lo- he's kind of supposed to be like the local sleaze bag. He's kind of like a Jabba figure, not just because they're both heavier characters, but <laughs> but also in the sense of like I feel the like persona, he speaks with yeah. a similar like slow patter and yeah, no kind of no like, accent on, on this on this fridge one, and then. A little bit of an accent, but not too much. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I don't notice. I like. Oh yeah, the script does mo- uh, mention we focus on a close up of Jacques' mouth as he speaks. This scene is slowed down, uh, as he uh, just like a, the frame is just his mouth saying, uh, saying, "Bite the, the bullet, baby." <laughs> uh, yeah, it's and then, and then like it's very, it's it's meant to be chilling, I guess, to some extent. But like part of me that's seen it now three times because I watched this episode twice before recording, not for a good reason, just because we didn't record last weekend. Uh, but like, it cuts back to Cooper being like, and he's like trying to not be like upset. He's on it. Keep his composure. And he's like, thanks for clearing that up. And then Jacques is like, yeah, no problem. And then he leaves. And it's, <laughs> that's it. Anyway, bye. I guess that's where the conversation ends. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a choice, but yeah, that's it. I mean, he's, uh, they got him. You know, or they will have them pretty soon. Let's see. What do we got next? We've got, uh, I think, just a f- like a quick shot of Audrey looks looks like, but not that I remember. Yeah, um, just her the dialogue here. Her in a room awaiting what's to come. And then I think, yeah, the next stuff is the Shelly scene. That's right. Um, Did you know that Leo Johnson's a bad guy who does yeah, if we, bad things? <laughs> if that wasn't already clear. I don't think we've talked about it. He has, uh, he's tied her up, I guess. And he's yelling at her saying, you made me do this. Yeah. 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 She's like uh, washing her hair and then he comes in and catches her and then he ties her up. And yes, he does shout that a lot. He, he's blaming it on, uh, her being with Bobby. Like that's, that, that's his deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess half of his deal, because also he's he's being emasculated by Hank uh, being back and in charge. Is you know a whole thing going on that uh, we don't really need to unpack. You get it, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's going on. We'll see a little bit more uh, later. Uh, now we go to the stakeout uh, with uh, Sheriff Harry S. Truman and Andy waiting out for uh, Jacques to show up and. <laughs> Terry asks if uh, Lucy is talking to Andy yet. And Andy says, as we say in the law enforcement game, it's a cold trail. <laughs> and he just kind of like looks down and it's uh, Harry's just like, ah, women. 
Uh, but that's when they get the call that Jacques is is taking the bait. The trout is swimming upstream towards the oh. net. They they catch they catch the fish. That's right. Um, there's a who's Fred? I see a Fred in this script. Who's Fred? Uh, yeah. They, well, yes. So there is a. It's he's basically just a random cop, but uh, the scene gets talked about oh, yeah. later, and so I think in that later scene when Hawk is retelling it. He says, oh, and Fred was there and doing this. So I think that's why this script names him as Fred. Yeah, even though he's like deputy. Basically just a background character. Depu- deputy Fred, which is funny that uh, Ed uses the fake name Fred if there is a Fred. Um, he does have a wiki page and it's just a very blurry screenshot for the image. <laughs> so they've they've at least. Uh, now, yeah, the, known for handcuffing Jacques Renault. Yeah. And so the thing there is that he attempts to handcuff Jacques is able to elbow Fred, grab Fred's gun, uh, Fred! and turn it on Harry. Well, then there's a big pop. Oh, shit, the big bopper. No, it's Andy. Andy shot Jacques with just a, just a, you know, before we had seen Andy not being very great with the mm-hmm. gun, needing more training on accuracy. But now he's a whole uh, damn town. But now town. he's got it. He's a straight shooter, literally. It's a whole damn town. He's a whole damn town now. And that's, I mean, that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's the whole scene. He, he, he shoots a guy alive, but he, he stopped. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He, he, I think it's like in the shoulder or something. He gets sent to the hospital. Because he ends up in like in a cast in the hospital that's on the shoulder, I think. Um, but I don't know. Anyways, yeah, he, what a great hero moment for Andy, I guess. Uh, the teen plot. Uh, they listen to the tape from Laura. Which we've seen like the first half of, or I guess heard the first half of. That's right, because we saw Dr. Jacoby listening to it, but he put his headphones on and he, he took it off speaker for long enough that we didn't get to hear the final half. Yeah, because she was talking about a mystery man halfway through. The scene's really nice. I like, I like the somber looks on the faces of, the, of Donna, James, and Madeline as they're listening to this kind of like uncomfortably giddy sounding Laura, it, like the, the voice that she uses in the tapes has this very, like, it seems very affected mm-hmm. um, in this very, like, kind of giddy way. Like, maybe she's on coke or something, but because uh, we know that she was using anyway. But mm-hmm. it's it's interesting to seeing, like, that kind of giddiness contract, uh, contrasted with the, like, like I said, the somber reactions of the of the characters there. But the tape says... Well, so she calls James dumb in it, and he's just like, oh, man, I'm right here. Yeah, yeah, and so she says, hey, what's up, Doc? It's Laura, in case you haven't guessed. It's Thursday the 23rd, and I'm so bored. Actually, I'm in kind of a weird mood. God, James is sweet, but he's so dumb. And right now I can take only so much of sweet. Hey, remember that mystery man I told you about? Well... If I tell you his name, then you're going to be in trouble. He wouldn't be such a mystery man anymore, but you might be history, man. I think a couple of times he's tried to kill me. But guess what? As you know, I sure got off on it. Isn't sex weird? This guy can really light my F-I-R-E as in red Corvette. Uh-oh, here comes mom with the milk and cookies. And then the tape ends. Great. There's something interesting to, like, the... The oh man, what was Laura messed up into? Who what what happened to her? And then it, it, you know, it's complicated, but a lot of it boils down to just like I don't know, she was horny. She was into she was into <laughs> yeah, horny yeah. stuff. It's not like you know, a lot of it she was into. And she yeah, she was seeking out uh, unhealthy relationships, presumably because she was uh you know dealing with the bunch of shit. Yeah, and sometimes you seek out unconventional shit mm-hmm. and also I or in her case dangerous shit yeah and i guess if you're seeking that stuff out and there's like three people to date in this fucking small town and one of them's james hurley yeah, you're not getting yeah. that there yeah and uh, yeah a lot of that more of that is backfilled certainly with um the movie as well uh which which uh, draws a lot more specifics on the on the dangerous part of it and the seeking the danger specifically i suppose uh but that's that, that, that's basically the end of the scene. Like, for a future episode. Yeah, yeah. and they all, they all basically say bye. Uh, I, oh, I guess, I guess it's important that James is like, I'm glad I heard her say it. About what? That you're dumb? Yeah. 
He says, I'm glad I might have gone my whole life. Like, you might have gone your whole life thinking you were a genius? Like, what are you saying, James? Big head, big brain. He just always... He got me there. He's got to fit... Something's got to be in there. You think? (laughs) Things full. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, oh, he also comes to the conclusion that he's like, Jacoby didn't kill her. He was trying to help her, which, I mean, a bit of a leap from point A to point B from just that tape. Uh, but Donna's like, I mean, he probably was trying to help her, but he's also a fucking weirdo Jungian. So who knows how much help? Yeah, he's maybe, yeah, be maybe, given. maybe in his mind, he thought it was helping, uh, probably didn't kill her. And then Donna's like, well, how did he get the necklace? And I think, you know, I think we've already answered that, too. <laughs> what was it? Is it that he followed them in that episode? Is that what it was? Uh, I mean, I guess so. I just more so am saying that he's a weirdo who is obsessed with her. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. not like in a murdering way. Just in a psychiatrist from Michelle Remembers way. Yeah. Uh, mill plot. Kinda. We, Boy. Leo. We're cutting wood. Boy. We uh, cut yeah, to here. wood being cut. And he's got Shelly tied up to, like, in the middle of some building at the mill. It's a set. And he's set <laughs> in a soundstage. Uh-huh. And he's got uh, an egg timer <laughs> tied to a... It's a, a very janky-looking bomb. Tied to a Yankee candle <laughs> with a with some dominoes <laughs> from the mousetrap game next to it. And there's some co- comedic dynamite. Like, there's a, a Acme dynamite next to it. Uh, but he's going to blow up the mill. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to set it on fire. He ties up Shelly here, too. He's like, you broke my heart! Um, and that's, you know... It, 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 it's heightened his performance, but it is uh, a shame that she is tied up and uh, in a mill that he's going to burn down. Uh, that's really yeah, it. Yeah, he's doing, he's doing the arson job as he was paid by Benjamin Horn, yeah. but he's also yeah. killing his wife. Hate to see it. Two, bur- two bad birds. It's one, off, one awful stone. <laughs> <laughs> Rancid stone. <laughs> Dog shit stone. And the next scene is just kind of sad, just kind of up and down sad. It's very sad. It's a very beautifully photographed scene. It, it's like I agree. Filmed like it's a tea ceremony almost, but mm-hmm. it is and 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 scored with like a very sad version of like the one of those main themes that we've heard a hundred times. Yeah, um, but it's Nadine uh, attempting suicide with pills. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really get her. You know, there's no like. <laughs> Nadine narration voice or anything. No, but I will say that you in, get the idea that she just kind of feels like she's been broken yeah, after her. She, you know, she can't get um, a break. Her invention didn't work. Yeah, the, the the recap does include her saying that she was rejected. I have to imagine this is why that that is uh, considered yeah. relevant. Um, but yeah, she had a lot of stake in that, and uh, I, I don't know, probably related to her relationship. With, with big ed um but yeah. this, this is this is what she she does and uh we'll see you know after after the jo- uh all the cop job is over big ed will will, will come back so um we, we call an ambulance yeah. for her and she'll be fine we, and next season we've talked we've talked a lot we about season. nadine in season two so mm-hmm. so you know she's coming back mm-hmm. and stronger than <laughs> stronger <laughs> than, than ever. ever um <laughs> uh <laughs> Let's see. We get some. Let's see. What is this? Scene? Uh, Hank, Hank, and Josie, Josie and Hank. Yeah, I don't remember. This they're scene. they're talking because he wants to be paid more, and he's trying to like strong armor about it. Oh yeah, it. this scene. Sorry, Hank. I was thinking Hawk. They're oh, one letter apart. Yeah, Hank and Josie. So Josie. Uh, we, so we know that Josie and Hank are both involved in the lumber mill plot. We know Josie is because she fucking owns the mill. While Catherine and it's a Catherine thinks that benjamin is helping her torch the mill yes you so you that, explained this very succinctly last time yeah so maybe i won't again <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um the hank part of it is just that you kind of get an implication here it's it's he he's speaking kind of wryly and and kind of not being particular about it but the implication that you get is that josie actually paid him to kill her former husband her uh andrew her packard, dead husband yeah. um andrew packard um so that she would get the mill after his death uh and to make it look like an accident 
Um, and I really like the way that he he talks about that because he's he's like putting two clues that we had together and just like putting them right next to each other. And he's kind of making the connections that maybe we, the audience, did or didn't connect because he says, uh, say you just got out of prison where you went for vehicular manslaughter as part of an agreement to avoid being implicated in the commission of a much greater crime, murder, for which, in fact, you were responsible. <laughs> but now there's this thread. So he's like connecting like, oh, yeah, Hank was in for manslaughter. And we did know that her husband died in a boating accident. But, you know, you don't necessarily connect boating accident with vehicular man. You hear vehicular manslaughter and you think car. So I think that's a cute yeah. way that they can hide that part of that. The lumber mill plot mystery. But anyway, um, Hank is confir- essentially confirming that he's the one who killed Andrew Packard. Seems like Josie paid him to do it. Mm-hmm. Josie is, ne- is now giving him the suitcase full of cash that she had promised him upon his relief from prison, he's trying to strong arm her into paying him more because it's a protection racket. Basically yeah. like I can kill you if I want. And she's like, bitch, we had a deal. Yeah. <laughs> and he rambles on about how much Eastern philosophy yeah, he reads. Racist. And she's like, I'm, I'm from Hong Kong. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then he does some weird bit where he like puts their hands together and like, it cuts them and like, He's, it's a blood, blood brother yeah. thing, which I don't think is a real, I don't think is a real cult, uh, thing, but I, th- I think it's a thing that white people made up that Native North Americans <laughs> do, but I don't know. But maybe there is like some real precedent for it and it's been blown out of proportion, but that's no idea. at least I think what the show thinks it is. Mm-hmm. He's really into sucking that blood, though. <laughs> yeah. Gotta savor every drop. Yeah. And that's the, the end of that scene. And now we get at the mill, Catherine, Catherine and Pete trying, well, I was going to say trying to make amends. Not true, uh, really. But Catherine pretending to make amends with Pete because she wants to find her fucking book. But he's like, yeah, he's and, like all well, into well, it. I mean, I, ca- I mean, it is kind of real on her part. Like she says, temporary, uh, she says, I know our marriage is a living train wreck, but there used to be something between us. And, you know, she's trying to, like, r- reminisce about the old days. And and he's like, what are you what are you doing? Like, why, why are you talking about this? Where does she say it? She says, Peter, somewhere under all that scar tissue, there's the faintest flicker of what we used to feel for each other. I'm asking you to feel that now. And he says, why exactly? She says, because I'm in trouble. And given what I've become and the way I've treated people, there's no one else I can turn to. I need your help. And that's what kind of has him break down and like, oh, Catherine, yeah. oh, I'll help you. And like, I get it because like sh- she is a shitty person, but she's realized enough like that she's been so relentlessly shitty to every yeah. single person that the thing- everyone has turned on her, including uh-huh. the people that she thought she was turning on other people with. Yeah. And so like, even though she's a horrible person, it is kind of still nice to see this reconciliation because you know, yeah, maybe it's, it's Pete can more soften so her for me, hardened heart. As he, like, goes in for that, like, hug and, like, uh, leans on her, she, like, rolls her eyes and she's like, well, I, okay, I gotta, I guess I gotta do this. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing for me where I'm like, how much of this is, yeah. is her doing just doing yeah, what she fair. needs to do? But I guess, you know, I'm sure it's not completely devoid of emotion. Um, just mostly. Anyways, now we get all the cops reenacting uh andy shooting a guy to impress his girlfriend that's right uh they because lucy won't talk to him still they they, he hawk loudly recounts the story of andy shooting a foreign national (laughs) uh to impress his girlfriend it it i guess works because she's like "Ooh, what a man she shot him uh or he shot him um but then she it doesn't actually say anything, but she you can kind of see in her reaction that she's impressed by it. She goes into like another room, and Andy follows her <laughs> in, egged on I just by like his Hawk being like, pals. "Go ahead, Andy, give it your best shot. Go on, like he needs, like Shoot he's your being shot, cheered man. on. It's 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 adorable. But then, but then he does. They, they, he goes into this little like I don't know coffee corner that has like a closing blind, uh, and and he kisses her, and they bond. But then Lucy says that she's pregnant. Andy just kind of stares at her for a while. And then we cut to him walking out, out like, away. 
silently and she follows back she follows a few seconds later and just angrily says to the crowd that was awaiting to see you know how well his shot went she just says fresh coffee and leaves yeah so oof ah andy andy you beamed it again you you beamed it rough buddy it's a rough beam anyways before we end this scene lucy gets a phone call uh, she angrily answers the phone, uh, just what? And then, um, we, we learn on the phone is Bobby Briggs doing a very bad Leo Johnson impression. <laughs> yeah, it's just gravel voice. You tell him Leo Johnson said to check out James Hurley. He's an easy rider. Is easy rider... I thought that was a film. Early 90s slang for... Like, because it ends up being that, you know, Bobby planted cocaine in James's motorcycle's gas tank. So is Easy Rider like a, I don't know. I googled Easy Rider slang and it says, uh, came to denote a lover. So, huh. I don't, I, I don't know. I think Bobby just made some shit up. Uh, Lucy's, uh, not sure, really sure what it means, but, um, he hangs up the phone. Lucy was very convinced it was Leo, which is maybe the funniest thing about it. Well, you know, it's the phone line. Those things, you know, it gets so compressed. I, su- I suppose you're it's right. hard to tell who's who. It's not really 320 uh, quality on there. Anyways, um, what happens next? Oh, hospital stuff. That's right. We go to the hospital where both Jacques and who else is there? Someone else is there, right? There's someone else being treated, or does that not happen? Multiple things are happening at once, as always. Jacques is being questioned by Cooper and Harry. Later, we will see Jacoby in here as well. Um, But he doesn't really talk. That's what I was thinking They just kind of learn about it. Right, because of Jacoby's heart attack and and all of that. But yeah, this is just a conversation between Cooper and Jacques. Clarifies some things about the night that Jacques spent with Ronette, Laura, and Leo. That is the last night of Laura's life. Mm-hmm. But we don't really get a lot because it turns out that Jacques and Leo got in a fight. Jacques hit or sorry, Leo hit Jacques over the head with a bottle and Jacques like passed out. And when he woke up, Leo and the girls had gone. Yeah. Um, the least helpful person to catch in this. Thanks, Jacques. Yeah. Leo, the girls, they gone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Sheriff Truman asked about the train car. He has no idea about it. So. I guess that's the end of that thread. Uh, but yes, then, then the, the kind of pans over to see that uh, Jacoby is, like, stabilizing. Um, one of the doctors, I guess it's Hayward, tells Cooper and Harry about it. Um, basically just recapping it again. Got a phone call from allegedly Laura Palmer. And then got attacked by someone he didn't see and got a heart attack. I guess, I guess this is probably important that they mention Easter Park. Uh, because later Lucy says Easter Park. I don't know if that actually comes Which up. Which is the yeah, it's the park it's the park that Jacoby was at. Jacoby and where Madeline filmed the video and where Jacoby yeah. went to look for quote unquote Laura. Yeah, gazebo. We get a quick scene of Catherine and Pete looking for the baked ledger. Just just uh, destroying their missing. library. Yeah. Or maybe it's the real ledger and maybe the fake what who Who could say? And I you know what Ledgers does you know don't, it, it don't matter. <laughs> Uh, but they're looking for the dang book and they can't find it. But she does get a call. Well, Pete, we got to mention that Pete just kind of reads his yearbook for a minute when he finds it. That's And he says, oh, Midge Johnson. <laughs> uh, and that's that's the whole that's that's his whole contribution to this scene. She gets a phone call from uh, from Hank telling her that what she's looking for is at the mill. I think it's very funny that she, when she realizes it's, it's an important phone call from Hank, she shoes Pete away. It like takes, you know, a minute for him to like scamper off out of focus in the back of the shot. And then Hank just says, uh, she, she asks like one question, like talk terms. And Hank says, we'll let you know. And then hangs up. Like it's just very, <laughs> very funny sequence of events to me. Very curt on the phone, Hank. Mm-hmm. We've seen that before. Yeah. Just like waited, waited for Pete to walk away to be like, yeah, okay, bye. And then that. <laughs> He's a talker in person, though. He yammers yeah, on about yeah. all the Eastern philosophy he reads. Mm-hmm. That's true. He a lot of rambling there. Um, rambling man. Uh, and then we cut to him rambling. We cut to him rambling to Norma in the, the double R. Yeah. He's trying to... Rekindle. Uh, 
yeah, he's trying to like get their relationship back on track after being in prison. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a, probably a semi successful attempt at rekindling some old flame. You know, he goes in for a kiss that she doesn't reject, at mm-hmm. least. Not a lot plot happens in this conversation. It's just kind of showing how he's attempting to. Yeah. He's kind of saying, like, you know, I, I know that I got to start back from square one, but I'm going to try. You know, he's 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 saying, may, you know, may, our first 20 years are rocky, but maybe <laughs> the next 20 are the ones that really count. Yeah. Um. Anyways, can you can I, can you close up without me? I got to go shoot a guy. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't say that, kind of but what it is makes what happens. Seem. Which is like, even though it is, it seems like a legitimate attempt to get their relationship going. It it is soured by the fact that, you know, he's the same about to kill someone. Yeah, he's the same. Um, But yeah, so Big Ed uh, comes home, sees Nadine, calls the ambulance. That's the end of that scene. I think this is the last time we see both of them in this episode. Uh, Let's see. What is... What is this scene? Oh, Cooper and Harry returning to the police department, getting the note from Lucy that quote unquote Leo called Bobby's fake call. And uh, so they're going to check on James, who is uh, conveniently here, which we'll see in a second. They don't even have to bring him. Yeah. Lucy also mentions that she heard a clock uh, uh, clock tower ringing. That sounds like Easter Park. I guess though that that coincidence is probably worth noting. Uh, I'm sure everyone will forget about it when we cover season two, uh, including myself. But. You know, due diligence, I guess. But yeah, so they, yeah, they they do some stuff to to check out Easter Park. Uh, James talks to, he wants to talk to Harry, but I guess Cooper takes it. And uh, he basically just says, like, you should listen to this tape. Uh, Cooper grills him. Cooper's like, I heard uh, Dr. Jacoby had a heart attack after seeing Laura Palmer. Huh? Hey, James? Are you, you and your pals, are you, are you doing, okay? Are you doing a rogue teen plot right now? <laughs> uh, also, notably, Leland is here and is, like, questioning Harry, like. Oh, we should say, while we're still on James, oh, yeah, we should say that, that he, that Harry finds the cocaine that mm-hmm. Bobby stashed in James's tank. I think, basically, their conversation ends there. We don't really see yeah. what happens after that. And you're right, we do cut over to seeing that Leland has. Uh, Leland Palmer, Laura's dad, has showed up because he heard rumors that they caught the man. And Harry tries to be like, it's just a suspect. You know, I can't tell you anything else. I am a cop. You are just a guy who is very sad. Uh, Leland takes it. And I guess I think someone's going back to the hospital and Leland hears that. And that's because he says he repeats the hospital. And then he goes there later. He notices that Doc Hayward was there. Oh, I think that's what gives put let's like gets him putting two and two together that if doc hayward was at the sheriff's office maybe he should go to the hospital and maybe that's where he'll find what he assumes is laura's killer because it's the first person they arrested yep uh we'll see how that goes uh what happens next um oh there's like two scenes that we can summarize both of them by saying that benjamin gets the signature he wants they're good scenes i like watching mr horn here from the from the um icelandic is it uh, ice? business yes. people? You mean he's se- the Ghostwood? Ghostwood. He's selling the Ghostwood Estates property to yep. the Icelandic people in the Great Northern who keep Cooper yeah. away. Mister <laughs> Thorson. Yeah, uh, but yes, he got a. Uh, he gets that. Oh, also, I guess uh, in the first of those scenes, Hank calls him and uh, says that he's going to set the mill on fire and also kill Leo Johnson. And Ben's like, cool. And then he hangs up and continues to party over the signature stuff. Let's see. Bobby tries to check on show. A hundred fucking things happen in this episode. Uh, we're, but we're, we're getting we're there. We're done. nearing the end. We're near the end. Bobby goes. Uh, he tries to see Shelly. So he goes into her home. She is not there. Leo is. As we know, because she's busy being burned she's, up. She's, <laughs> she's the, tied up right now. The mill. Yeah, but Leo's here. And Bobby tries to pivot. He's clearly scared oh, shitless. Oh, so great. But he's like, oh, I was really looking for you, though, man. <laughs> yeah, he says, Leo, man, am I glad to see you. <laughs> and I love Leo. Like, he's just got this horrifying grin yeah. on his face. You're, you're, says, you're, Is there something I can help you with? Your, your impression made me just imagine, like, Bobby just slipping into, like, uh, it, like Lin-Manuel Miranda <laughs> rapping. <laughs> 
but yeah, no, oh man, Leo is very effectively terrifying. And uh, yeah, Bobby tries to uh, spin this and it doesn't work. Leo's just like, liar. Start swinging a fucking axe at him. While saying, Shelly's dead, you killed her, which like. Neither of those things are true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then, uh, Deus Ex Hank. Ah! Uh, sh- you know, we, we just heard that Hank was going to go kill Leo Johnson. So a shot rings out through the window. Uh, strikes Leo, who collapses against the wall, and Leo, on the couch. Leo, Bobby breathes a sigh of relief, and he looks out the window and sees that, in fact, Hank has shot. Does he see Hank? He looks out the window, and then the next thing we see is, is a cut to Hank out the window. So I guess so. I take it that it's we're supposed to assume that Bobby sees it as we see it. Probably. Uh, but then he just leaves, um, and Leo watches uh, the soap opera that's on. He watches Invitation to Love, and uh, someone is shot in the show, and he's like, oh, no, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) I relate to this. Uh, And that's, I mean, I guess that's uh, the end of that scene for now. He was was fine the last time he got shot. I'm sure this time it's going to go just as fine. Nothing, Uh, nothing. Not quite as fine, but he still lives. He does live. (laughs) As you know. Um... We get a scene back to the, back with to the mill. very, very funny music where Catherine arrives to f- like yeah. looking for her ledger and finds Shelly. She and just saves she's her looking for her while... ledger at the mill and she walks into just this like uh, the size of my bedroom set of just like, I guess wood should be here, but also a woman can be tied up. And it's, and it's the place is burning. Uh, has it, yeah, I, I, th- I thought the fire started after she walks in like. That that's I guess you're right that the timer goes off basically right when Catherine gets there. I I love Catherine's performance of just like uh, not being like really nonplussed with the fire starting. She's like she doesn't yeah she, she doesn't also care. doesn't give a fuck about this person who's there. She's like, do you know who called me? Yeah. <laughs> well I, I don't know the the yeah. thing that made me laugh was uh, Shelly's like help me help me and Catherine goes I can't understand a word you're saying. You have a thing in your mouth. Uh-huh. <laughs> Catherine like tries to talk to her doesn't know who called her there. And then uh, Shelly keeps, like, yelling for help, and Catherine's like, be quiet, I'm thinking. And then uh, eventually uh, decides eventually to help her. But eventually she does help her, yeah. and, they, and you hear great synthesized drum beats, yeah. and uh, it makes me happy, but and it's very funny. But do they escape? Yes. Well, it's a clip. I guess I mean, it's I kind guess, of a cliffhanger. I don't know. I mean, get, I guess no, because eventually, like, we get a scene where Pete goes in and heroically saves yeah. Pete, Pete, his wife and Shelly. But I guess we don't really see that in this episode that he goes into the burning building mm-hmm. to save them. And then the, se- the season ends. Basically. Yeah. Pete, I don't think that's such a good idea. She's still my wife. My wife. Oh, man. There was another, <laughs> uh, there was another delivery from his that I don't remember now that I, I think it was in the, the first scene they have together. But uh, they're all well, good. I'll- Guess I'll look in the other room <laughs> when Catherine shoots him out. That's a good one. Yeah, too. they're all good. Pete. All right. So we get another scene with uh, Ben celebrating that signature. I think this might be the scene where he actually gets it. But uh, nonetheless, he gives a bunch of chips to the Icelandic man, Thorson. Uh, this, that is poker chips, not uh, crisps. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Here, have you tried ruffle? Have you tried the great American delicacy, Lay's barbecue? <laughs> they would love it. Uh, but no, yeah, it sends him off with that. That's it. And now he's like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go have his own his own celebration with uh, the new girl. Smokes a cigar with Black Rose. Uh-huh. Which that's I. Hey, that sounds like a nice evening. Sure. Um, unfortunately, though, he does want to go. Uh, see this new girl that's working here, which we unfortunately know. Bad, it, bad, yeah, is Audrey. bad, bad. Yeah, we cut to Audrey, who like seems to like have her. She she's having a giant card sewn to the front of her lingerie, which seems dumb. Looks bad too. <laughs> it looks looks like dog shit. Um, uh, there's like an old lady helping her who scampers away, like literally what this uh, transcript says, mm-hmm. and I. Definitely did not clock this when I watched this episode a week ago. Uh, clocked it tonight, and I was like, "What the? What the fuck? Who is that? They're like a little. They're like a gremlin wizard. <laughs> it's it's full like fairy godmother. I like I think it's the person behind the dumpster in fucking Mahalan Drive. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just don't see the face. <laughs> 
Uh, but then through um, a scanner darkly, through <laughs> yeah. a mirror, she, she can see that the person entering the room, this owner that she's been hearing about that always has to see all the new girls, she sees through the mirror that it's her dad. Yeah, I, I wonder if she, like, boy. was prepared for that because she knew he was involved but i guess i don't know how much i i would i'm the, the way that the show plays it seems to indicate that she knew he was involved but didn't realize he was the owner that black this rose is, was talking yeah. about that's what at least i feel like if she knew intimates. he was coming she would have just found a way to escape right um but so yeah i do think this is a a, a shock to her and yeah we'll we'll deal with the unfortunate plot line in the next season um, but we have one final scene to talk about of Twin Peaks before we become a Kingdom Hearts podcast again. And it is. Do you want to read the, the, the last Cooper monologue here? Uh, Cooper's walking down the empty halls of the Great Northern. It pulls out his tape recorder and says, Diane, 4.37 a.m. After a long investigative night, returning to my room at the Great Northern. We have one suspect in custody and Leo Johnson, the man I believe was responsible for Laura's death. Won't be able to escape the drag net we've thrown up for him much longer. He, like, pauses, looks around, and is like, As you can hear from the ambient sound around me, and I notice with some relief that the Icelandic group staying on my floor I've either checked or passed out. Funny. It's a good line. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> I may not need the ear pillow earplugs, which I did receive today, Diane, although I suspect I may put them to use as a purely precautionary measure. I ordered some hot milk from room service. Here's hoping that does the job, and I'll be able to catch a few hours of quality sack time. <laughs> 24-hour room service must be one of the premier achievements of modern civilization. No, it's not. No. Low bar, dipshit. <laughs> You're talking into a tape recorder. Then he goes into his room. He finds a note, presumably left by Audrey, yes. that says my special agent on it. The phone rings. It's the sheriff's department, and he's like, can this wait? It's fucking 4 a.m. I think it's funny that he then says, who is this, when later we hear the voice is Andy, the most recognizable voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a knock at the door, and he's like, please excuse me, I got room service. He opens the door, and that's not room service no! with his warm milk. It's a man with a cold gun who shoots Cooper. Three times. And we, we hear... Oh, is it is it three shots? Yeah, it says uh, the the transcript here says the gun is fired again. We see that the two shots have hit Agent Cooper in the chest. The gun discharges one more time. Uh, so I see. there are three different uh, people being shot, but Cooper gets hit three times. Neat. Makes you think. Uh, we hear over the phone Andy saying, "We found him. It's Andy, Deputy Andy, Agent Cooper. We found Leo Johnson. He's been shot. Agent Cooper. Someone else has been shot, Andy." Yeah, and as Agent Cooper sits there, bullet wounded on the floor, that's where we get to be continued. Mm -hmm. To be continued, we look at Laura Palmer's face again as the credit song play. And folks, for the next, I don't know how many months we're talking about Kingdom Hearts and the world ends with you, I want you, I want you to just imagine us laying there on the ground, just giving you a thumbs up as we <laughs> try. <laughs> And, uh, and so we will stick it out to season two. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you kindly. Thank you kindly. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, but legitimately, thank you kindly yes. for allowing, listener, for, for letting us indulge ourselves and talk about some Twin Peaks for eight weeks. Yeah, we, we will return uh, to season two and then mm -hmm. eventually the return after, I mean, there's a movie in between the two. But uh, yeah, it's been great. It will continue to be great. That uh, that being said, I'm also extremely excited to uh, do like a month of Unchained now to to finish that up. Excited to a lot of bullshit, a lot of bullshit to talk about. Very excited about these episodes. You don't want to miss them. And then we'll be into the world ends with you, which um, comes out on a Tuesday. So we'll probably you know the game will be out for a week by the time you you hear us talk about it, or I guess five days if you're on the patreon which you should be there's great stuff over there i mean it's this early and then but if you give us five dollars you get uh bonus stuff which we'll talk about in a minute we'll we'll do our individual plugs though first because wheels where could people find you on the internet twitter.com slash singular wheels and a podcast called very random encounters where some friends and i play tabletop role-playing games and randomly determine as much as is possible we're currently playing bubblegum shoe commissioned some good tunes for this teen mystery drama 
it's been nice having like professional music written for us for the show. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Logan's written music for the show before and we've used, you know, uh we you know, we pay for public domain for like a, a not a public domain. We pay for like a music music licensing thing, but this is the first time we've paid a company to to make a few songs for us, uh, which has been really neat. Um, uh, and you can hear some of that in Bubblegum Shoe on Very Random Encounters at VRE.show. Um, you can also buy the book that I co-wrote with those VRE co-hosts. It's a book of random encounters for fantasy tabletop role-playing games, and you can find that at bit.ly forward slash random book with a capital r and b i have pitched that book to so many of my friends at this point thank you <laughs> i have friends that like play tabletop games and like you should check this shit out though bit.ly forward slash random book with a capital r and b absolutely uh joe what about you where are you on the internet uh, well you can find me on twitter ghost of joe ghost of j o um on another podcast called we are watching one piece uh you can probably guess what we do over there uh, we talk about One Piece. I'm re-watching it. My ghost story is watching it for the first time. We are in Dress Rosa for several months ahead of us. Uh, but we put out two episodes a month. We, Because Dress Rosa is so packed, we've been talking about like over 10 episodes per podcast. A lot fucking goes on in Dress Rosa. We have a lot of positive thoughts. We have a lot of negative thoughts. Because maybe too many things go on in Dress Rosa. But I love uh, the episodes we put out, the conversation we have. And that's We Are Watching. Uh, one piece we also talk about movies and filler stuff over on our, our patreon over there which I've, i don't think i've ever actually mentioned in a plug so i'm doing it uh and also i've been writing essays about disney movies just all the all the movies in the quote-unquote disney canon from the main animation studio on a project called make mine movies uh you can read them at ghostofjoe.com you can listen to them if you search make mine movies on spotify or a podcast app i am in the break period now i am taking a break in between uh, technically in between Oliver and Company and the Little Mermaid, which doesn't seem like a conducive place to take a break in between the years 1988-1989, but uh, Little Mermaid starts the Renaissance. I'll be back with the Renaissance. Um, not exactly sure when in July I will return, uh, but I will be back, and it's going to be great. Good movies in the Renaissance. Get to talk about Howard Ashman, the incredibly talented dude, and then I'll keep going. Eventually I'll have to get to, like, Dinosaur and Chicken Little. <laughs> but yeah you know it, it's a, it's an up and down thing that's the whole point of me wanting to do this project is just mapping out like the whole up and down of it yeah it's really neat um uh, thank you um but yeah uh if you if you, it sounds interesting gonna be great chance to check up if you haven't checked it out before i come back with the renaissance and yeah that's that that's my plugs uh you can follow this show on twitter at memorize cast you can support us on patreon patreon.com slash memorize cast a uh, dollar a month gets you these episodes early. Try and get them up like the Sunday before. Uh, $5 a month will get you bonus episodes. We've been doing uh, Glory Hammer this, uh, this summer. If you, if you don't know what that is, it's a band. And they uh, have fun concept albums that are very uh, silly and uh, over the top. Uh, so I think, let's see it. This episode, I think, uh, well, this episode comes out in like a couple of days because we don't have a buffer right now. Um, but so soon, I guess the... The second album will come out. What's the full title of that one? I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, the second one is Space 1992 colon Rise of the Chaos Wizards. Great. Uh, how could I forget that? <laughs> it's a great title. <laughs> but yeah, that's the... So we already did the first record last month. This month will be Space 1992. And then next month will be uh, what, Legends from Beyond the Galactic Terror Vortex. I'm, I feel like... You got I, it. I, I always feel like I'm missing a word. That feels too short. But that's also <clears> because I'm used to Coheed. But yeah, that that's been very fun. After that, we'll probably do uh, probably just finish up Coda, and then or or switch it out with something else. Who could say we got time to figure it out? Uh, but thank you to everybody who supports us there. It means a ton. Hope you're liking what we're putting out over there. Uh, the the pre- the prestige premium episodes where we talk about uh, Glory Hammer. I guess that that's it to plug. Our theme music comes from uh, the, the the Black Lodge. We have a Discord you can join. You can also join the Orange Groves Podcast Network Discord at the website. Uh, theorangecups.com stuff's in the pin tweet stuff's in the show notes uh, memorizecast at gmail.com review us on iTunes we, we don't we rarely say review us on iTunes but you should and I, wh- what, and I read them yeah. I read them all I read them sometimes I, I'll see I it. remember every now and then to, to go and check yes thank, thank you to the people who have reviewed us if you haven't you've been listening a long time maybe consider it helps 
helps out the the algorithm, the algo. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll be back to Kingdom Hearts Unchained next week, next Tuesday, where we, we believe it or not, did not finish the Ralph plot. So we had to talk about that. <laughs> and by that, I mean, I'll say that Ralph ends. Um, and then we'll talk about, uh, I don't know, Ventus turns into a light bulb at some point. Uh, God. It's, it's going to be so much fun. I'm excited about it. And like, it, it's really warm now. The return of brain. It's, uh, the return of brain. So much to do with brain, but also like it's really warm. And because I care about audio quality, like the windows are closed, there's no fans on. So I like lose my mind by the end of any given episode we do. <laughs> um, so it's gonna be fucking great. Uh, well, let's well, let's let's wrap this one up then. Should yeah. I say it's a little better because the sun's down? <laughs> that was episode eight slash seven, kind of the last evening. Yeah, I didn't memorize. memorize.